All right, everybody, welcome to the comments for the Peanut Gallery podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Kurtz. I'm here with a very, very special guest today. I'm with Hurricane Ian Heinish. You are fresh off of the Contender Series in a win, one of the newest uh, additions to the middleweight roster for the UFC. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jordan. Appreciate yeah, absolutely, it. Absolutely, man. You know, thank yeah. you very much for taking the time. You know, I know, know you've got a lot, of, uh, a lot of busy stuff on your schedule at this Definitely. point now, so yeah. thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, I just wanna I just wanna first off thank uh, the UFC for signing me, and getting me on the Contender Series. I hope for opportunity coming up soon, and uh, I want to thank uh, my coach Mark Montoya, Busy, um, everyone at Factory X, at Landau Performance, and then all my sponsors, um, Illegal Pizza. First, want to thank them, Receptor Naturals, El Dorado, Restore Health Center, Northern Climate Control, Rackfest, uh, Denver Sports Recovery, Rad Roller. On it, uh, in the cut, Denver Distillery, Extreme Pro, Jesse James Accounting, Relief Massage, Jamie Atlas Recovery, and Pizzeria Clory. And not to forget my manager, Jim Walter. Shout out to Jim. Man, you've got a laundry list of some sponsors there, man. That's impressive. Yeah, you know, I mean, I uh, I do this full time. I uh, I don't have a job. I train people as well. And as you know, lower level fighters, they don't make that much money. So, um a lot of fighters miss out a lot by not treating this like a business, and I hear the rumor, sponsors are impossible now, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, have you asked? Because the closed mouth doesn't get fed. And mm -hmm. if you're out there and people say, well, where do you get sponsors? I said, wherever I spend money. So I follow my money because if I'm not spending money there, I'm saving money, and then if I get money on top of that, it's just a win-win. So, yeah, I love uh, teaming up with great companies that I believe in and yeah. um, all the way to the top, man. That's awesome, man. You know, you've you've had a had a pretty crazy trip to this point to where you're at. Yes. You know, that's a that's a story within itself. That you know, Sean Shelby. You know, please sell this man's story because yes. he is a star in the making right here. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, I have a story from uh, from darkness to light, and you know, I mean, I was at rock bottom. I mean, I was in a prison cell for two and a half years in a foreign country where I didn't speak the language and I wasn't didn't know anyone and. You know, I, I bounced back from that. I used it. I turned it into a positive. And, and today, if you ask me, I'd say it was the best thing that ever happened to me. At the time, it was the worst thing. But, uh, you know, if there's two things when adversity hits, you can uh, you can feel bad for yourself and feel like you're a victim and, and kind of just let it hold you down and bring you down. Or you can be like, you know, I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. And, you know, now I'm in the UFC from um, from the prison cage to the, the octagon. So... I hope I can inspire people, man. There's there's a lot of people out there going through hard times, and they feel like they can never bounce back, and they feel like they're at rock bottom, and there's no one that can come from where they're at or where their background is and, and be a champion, and I'm here to tell you today that uh, that is all possible. That's awesome, man. You know, I mean, who who doesn't love hearing a good comeback story, too, at the same time? You know, that That's just across the board. That is... Yeah. That's media, PR, whatever you want to call it. That That is a golden goose opportunity for them to sell. But then, too, just awesome to see that you've been able to have such a turnaround and just to see the, the clarity with how you approach, you know, everything. You you know, you walk with your head high. You know, you're, you're big within your church, big within the community. Yes. How does that feel to, you know, to really just kind of be at such a peaceful point in between the years? Uh, yeah, it's, it's great, man. It's just... Uh... I mean, so many things and people have led me to, to where I'm at today and, you know, and, and I plan on just uh, being that full circle, giving back and, and being that person for someone else and, um, 
kind of being the person that I needed that I didn't have and to, to other people so that they can make a, a turnaround because there's nothing better than seeing someone turn their life around and uh, like Zig Ziglar says you can have everything if you in, you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want and uh, I truly believe that and so I, I mean I'm feeling great right now uh, obviously the journey's just begun I'm in the UFC now uh, now the journey is to to win a world title get that gold around my waist uh, write a book Hopefully it'll become a movie someday and use the MMA platform as much as I can uh, to just speak out on, on how God has changed my life so much and how just hard work and just uh, believing in myself and, and my team and the people around me and surrounding myself with good people, how uh, you can go all the way to the top and the sky's the limit. That's incredible, man. You know, I got goosebumps just kind of hearing hear the story from you right over this way. But, you know, I, I saw yesterday, you, you have a buddy that you bring around here to Factory X. Yeah. Tad is his name, right? Yes. Yeah. He, uh, he graduated from school yesterday, right? Yes, yeah. He graduated from the Colorado School of Blind. He was out here, I believe it was a year and a half program. And um, his story is very interesting. Uh, he was uh, 19 years old, living in Kansas, and he took a straight bullet to the temple. And if you can imagine, he was just, he enlisted in the Army. He was about to... He was about to uh, ship out, and he did the training, he passed it, and all of a sudden, he's 19 years old, kid lost his vision and his sense of smell. Oh, my God. So, and I met him one of his first weeks here at church, and, uh, you know, and honestly, man, like, I helped him out, but he helped me out way more, just being an inspiration. Like, I would hang out with him, and he had the most positive attitude you could imagine, and, and I even got, like, emotional thinking about it. He left uh, yesterday, and... Uh, Anytime I had something going on in my life and I'm like, oh, this, this is bad, this sucks, I just look at Tad, man. I'm like, dude, he can't see, can't smell, and just like kind of hanging out with him a lot and learning all the things like how does he pay for stuff? He doesn't know what bill he has in his hand. Like how does he cook? How does he clean his room? How does he know what he's wearing? Like, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And uh, he's doing great, man, and I wish him the best in Kansas. But he was definitely an inspiration in my life. That's awesome, man. You know, I, I got to meet him a couple of times here, you know, yeah. just being around at, at the Factory X gym, and it was cool to see him, you know, he, he, see him in the gi and roll yeah. one day, you know, yeah. that, that was awesome. That, that's really cool that, you know, you, you've you been able to get yourself to a point to where you're able to have that sort of outreach and make an impact just for the greater good, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's something that's bigger than just you now. Yeah. So that, that's awesome, man. Yeah, definitely, and I mean, and it goes back to... Everyone, I mean, you gotta you gotta remember your why. Uh, like, why do you why do you do things? What makes you tick? And um, that if you forget that, then you you're gonna forget your dream. And if you're if you're doing stuff that is a lot bigger than you, you're gonna succeed. Because if it's just about you, you're gonna hit opposition, and, and it's gonna be it's gonna be stronger than you, and you're gonna quit. So you gotta you gotta figure out what your why is, and you gotta keep remembering and reminding yourself why you're doing what you're doing and uh, that will push you to be successful and to push through those times and those days that are super hard and and to reach out to people that need help and you know even though you're busy and you have your your crazy routine in your life but you still take that time to reach out and just and just pull someone else up that's awesome you know like i say there's there's something there's a lesson to be learned for pretty much anybody that can you know look at that and take something away from it with uh with just to kind of tie it back in with uh with 
MMA and with fighting and everything, you know, I, I got to see you win gold actually for LFA. Yeah. You know, with that that knockout against Checo, that first round, that yeah. that right hand was just explosive right away. Yeah. And then, you know, that that was just an awesome night. You know, that you you support that night. Yeah. You know, that was uh, that was a, a very very. That was one of the best weekends of my life, man. That was oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Veil was fun, man. Veil was. Veil was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's just a GoPro. Don't worry about okay. that. That's just a second little footage. It's just beeping there. But yeah, no, that was uh, that was incredible to be around. You know, was in I uh, was in the locker room with you guys after. You know, that was yeah, the energy was that was an incredible night. level of energy. Got to meet I uh, got to meet B Rush for the first time that night. Yep. Brandon Lambert with uh, with Turp House that night. So mm-hmm. it was I, I met Thug Rose that night. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was an incredible experience that weekend out there in Vail. Yes. But you know, kind of talk to us about that. So how you know you were a, a champion in LFA, yeah. and then. You suffered a little setback and then got it back. What did that feel like? Was that a well, complete like turn, you know, redemption? Yeah. Well, what happened was I was I was nine and zero, uh, and or I think I was eight and zero actually, and um, I fought for the LFA belt actually before that, and I fought for the first Bank Center against Marcus Perez, and you know there was some things I was dealing with outside. Um, I've always had like a super addictive personality. I haven't drank in six years and. Um, Unfortunately, I tore my LCL later, earlier that year, and um, I was kind of dealing with like trying to. Uh, I did a bunch of painkillers and Adderall, and I was kind of having uh, addiction problems again. And um, I completely, uh, after I lost that fight, I was. I took the guy down, I fell into a bad position, got caught in a harm triangle like 50 seconds into the fight, didn't gotcha. take a punch. It was one of the worst nights of my life, and but at, once again, when I when I hit opposition, man, there's there's two paths you can take, and obviously you're gonna be mad, pissed, and you gotta digest that a little bit, but then you need to rise above that, and that's what I did, and I straightened up things um, in my personal life. I got baptized. I completely killed that drug addiction um, in my life. Quit everything, and just put my head down. Um, knocked out. Um, uh, what was his name in Arizona? I got a. I got. I came off, since then I've had three knockouts. I knocked out someone in Arizona, and then I got the title shot again against Checo, and that's when I caught him with that right hand. It was my second right hand knockout, um, and I got the belt, and you know, it was just, that was, like you said, it was such an amazing feeling that night, and I honestly thought that was enough to get signed by the UFC, and unfortunately for me, right when I lost to Perez, he went to the UFC, fought Eric Anders, lost to Eric Anders, he won again, He's in the UFC. Uh, we'll get we'll get a rematch sometime, I'm sure. And uh, so I thought I was going to get this uh, this UFC contract right off the LFA finish because you know they signed their champs, the LFA champs. But unless it's like a boring fight, but my fight was not boring at all. I, I steamrolled them, and then I heard about Contender Series, and I was like, at first they kind of had a bad attitude about. It. I was like, I am, I'm 11 and one, or I was 10 and one. I have a bigger record than everyone. Why do I got to go do this again? And, you know, this is really risky for me. And But then I just was like, you know what? I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. And whoever they put in front of me, I'm just going to keep knocking them down. So let's do it. And I was like, this is a great opportunity to fight in front of the boss and let him cement in his mind who I am. Absolutely. So I changed my attitude, trained super hard, and I got the first round knockout. So First round finish, you were dressed to impress, looked like, you know, you, your, your post that you had on social media was, you know, ready for my job interview today. You know, that you fit, fit the bill and got yeah. the punch. So it, it all worked out. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, they asked me, they're like, Ian, you're the first person to do a backflip on the contender series. You're the first person to wear a suit. And I was like, yeah, well, I came for a job. I got the job. 
So, mission accomplished. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of you guys kind of have that approach down here, though. I mean, you guys have something special at Factory X. Yeah. Like, what, what's it like for you? I, and I, I've asked this across the board with everyone that I've talked to. What's it like for you to be able to be in a room with so much talent on a daily, on a daily basis to kind of push you to be the best you? Yeah, I mean, it's great. We at Factory X, we are just stacked. And we have, I, I mean, as far as 170, 185, and 205ers, we are so we are so stacked from glory fighters, UFC fighters, to I mean, we just are across the board have a ton of talent in all in all weight divisions, but mostly in the big one. I have to say we have the most stacked um, in those divisions in the entire world, and um, it's great, man. It's it, I came from a super close team in wrestling, a Ponderosa wrestling. We were ten times state champs. Um, in a row, and I was there for the beginning of that, and we just had a close team, and we all kept each other accountable, we all pushed each other, and that's what drew me to Factory X, and, and Mark's a great leader, just like my old coach Tim Ottman was a great leader, and, and, and you need that, you know, you need the general, and then you need a bunch of strong soldiers around you that keep each other accountable, that push each other, and and like what we're trying to get a lot of the guys here is you know, a lot of fighters can, I mean, a lot of people look at fighting and they think it's just barbaric, it's just like a brawl, and you know, it's, it's, it's a business and it's a sport, and that's why you gotta, you gotta treat it, man, you gotta, you gotta dress for the job, and I mean, we're professionals, like, a lot of people don't realize, treat this like a business, I always make weight, I keep my sponsors right, I go in, you know, I market myself well, and, and I take care of business in the cage, and then... I mean, the rest is going to follow. Like Joe Warren says, winning solves problems. And so I, I got a lot of problems I need to solve, so I'm going to keep winning. <laughs> That's the truth right there. Yeah. Yo, who gives you who gives you some of the hardest rounds here? Um, in here, I would say uh, Anthony, definitely. He's real long and lanky and just aggressive, and uh, I get some great rounds in with him. But, you know, on any – it's crazy because, like, on any given day, someone can just be on and, like – and like if you're not on too it's it's a tough night you know and so i mean yeah i mean basically anthony me and stroop we get some good rounds when he's on and austin josh cavan and they all bring uh court mcgee we've been getting some really good rounds and chris camozzi i mean we all bring different aspects to the game and i i, I gotta be on point like tonight's friday night i gotta focus because you know, tonight we're gonna we're gonna fight, and uh, I gotta be on point. So I keep myself safe, my teammates safe, and I have a good night. And I can, uh, you know, at the end of the day, be proud of myself. Well said. Well said. You know, with you, you mentioned Anthony, obviously being a you know him, Lionheart Smith out there for all of you listening, him being the number nine contender in the world for the light heavyweight division. Yeah, light heavyweight yep. division now, formerly of the middleweight, same mm-hmm. class with you. What's it like to have somebody, you know, around on a daily basis that has that sort of, I guess, clout within the game right now, you know, that has that status, that has that UFC presence right now? Yeah. Oh, it's great. You know, um, he's an OG of the game. I mean, I think he's got 40, 50 fights, so he's been doing this forever. He's been 30 and 10? Yeah. So, I mean, he's up there, and he's been cut from the UFC. I think he had to get, like, eight finishes to get back in, so... He has not had the easy road to the top, and he's come. Uh, he's he's you know ro- rose above a lot of adversity, and I respect him for that. And he's on his way to be a world champ. And a lot of people think, oh well, you guys don't have UFC world champs, and I'm like, just wait, you guys just wait, because we got a young, 
hungry group of guys with a coach that is just so passionate about what he is doing. And you're going to see a lot of UFC world champs and just guys in every every other promotion just winning. I mean, we're on a roll right now. I don't think we've lost a fight in so long, and we're fighting at the highest level. And um, like a lot of guys that like AKA will say, oh, well, we have our champs and stuff. That's fine. That's fine. You guys have been around for a while. Just wait. Don't sleep on Factory X because we're, we're on the rise and, and everyone's going to see it. And for all the doubters out there, just wait. Just wait and watch. No, I think you're 100% on point right there. You know, I, uh, I talked to Will Fox, the uh, photographer, mm-hmm. a little while back, who was through the, the glory years, through the big boom years, the photographer or the go-to media guy for Jackson Wink. Mm-hmm. You know, that was through the rise where they had a room that was kind of like this now. So I, I made sure to ask him and to pick his brain. You were there and got to see the energy and all the talent that was around, you know, from that boom. Mm-hmm. How does this compare? And he said, it is eerily similar. He yes. said, you know, that just the feeling that, uh, that there's just absolute killers in every direction that you look mm-hmm. whether it's looking you know you within the UFC to Devonte to guys that are on you know on the the cusp of that like mm-hmm. like Brandon to Yusuf to mm-hmm. you know Austin just came off of a big win in yeah. uh, in LFA so there's a there's a lot yeah. that you guys have cooking and then from surrounding areas I know that in the last couple of weeks you've had uh, you've had of the UFC Macy Barber from Fort Collins mm-hmm. MMA coming down and mm-hmm. training here that's that's something to be said. Yeah. You know, when there's that much talent that is already rostered mm-hmm. for everybody else, everybody else gets the trickle down effect of getting the benefit of working with such elite talent all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's great because we're making a lot of noise at Factory X. Uh, we're doing big things. People are recognizing. We've got a lot of guys that are internal, like me, um, that have just been brought up from the program, basically coming off the streets and. Uh, and then, I mean, we have uh, James Krause and Zach Cummings that are coming over training with us, and uh, Mark Montoya is their head coach, and uh, so that's great. When they come over, they just mix up things for us, and um, and yeah, we're just making a lot of noise, and people are coming and seeing, and I mean, we're one of the fastest-growing gyms in the world right now. I mean, we, we're running out of mat space. Coach, we got we to gotta get a bigger gym, and our gyms, I mean, we're in a warehouse, and um like I said, it's people are noticing, people are coming here, and if you if you're the right fit and you and you mesh in with this crazy family, then uh, you're welcome to stay. And if not, like no hard feelings and uh, good luck finding another gym. But yeah, we're gonna be like I said, we'll, this will be the number one gym in the world, and I've always believed that it was, and and now everyone else is just finding out. So. You know, every I, I've been coming around and being in the mix with you guys here for the last, you know, better half of the year since around, you know, February-ish around in there, mm-hmm. and just coming and seeing some of the class nights to then being in a couple myself with, with just being around. It just seems as the months go by, so do the sizes of classes. Yeah. Like, so do the amount of bodies every single night, just like you spoke to. You yeah. know, whether you, there might be three different sessions that are going on, but every one of those has has bodies to it. You know, it's not a small group on any night. Yeah, it doesn't look like. Yeah, no. I mean, it's so. There's always someone to train with, and that's why going back to the team aspect. You know, even if your if your teammate he doesn't have a fight coming up, you know he's going to still be there to help you get ready for your fight, and and you're going to do the same thing for him. Obviously, you're going to take your week or two off after your fight, but when that's over, we're we're in here. I mean, there's no seasons off. We're 
we're in here getting better and this is a short window of our life and um, a lot of guys don't enjoy it and just rush through it and then afterwards they look back and regret a lot and that's why I always try to remind myself and remind my teammates hey man like these are the good old times right now like so let's enjoy this even though it's hard even though we're sacrificing everything even though there's so many days where you're just so tired and you have to come in here and put in the work and you know you have to dig deep all the time every day you're always uncomfortable but hey man this is uh, what else would you rather be doing like coach says digging ditches or for me working on the roof and even though I, that's what my dad does and there's nothing bad about it but I, I love this man and, and I do what I love every day so it doesn't feel like I'm ever working. I mean I don't feel like you are working you know you, you have a career but you're not necessarily working. You know, yeah. You're, you're yeah. doing something that you love. I'm putting way. in the work. Putting in the work. To become the best in the world but I, I am excited when I wake up because I know what I get to do. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So, you know, you, you've had an extensive wrestling background on top of having solid boxing in your arsenal. Yeah. What is, what's your preferred route? Like, what, what is your bread and butter, if you were to say? Um, so, it's kind of changed, you know. Like, I've wrestled since I was 11, and uh, I, I was a few-time Colorado State champ. Um, you know, obviously, I was partying a lot, so I'm just surprised I did that good because I was really... Uh, heavily drinking all the time and I wrestled Olympic Training Center I represented Team America I went to Russia I was the only American to win I took fourth at Senior Nationals a few time All-American in Greco and Freestyle at Fargo and I uh, got a full ride scholarship to college but just kind of blew that and uh, so wrestling was my go-to and when I first came here I felt like I could wrestle guys and like scramble for like rounds and like guys would be like that is so hard but like for me striking would get me really tired and obviously I needed to work on my striking, so I absolutely fell in love with striking. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I could strike all day, and wrestling gets me really tired. And uh, I mean, that's basically pretty normal, but from the background I came from. So honestly, I, I've fallen in love with jiu-jitsu and, uh, and, and striking, and honestly lately I've kind of been trying to go back to my wrestling a little bit, because I have excelled. I mean, I'm coming off three firsts around knockouts, and. Um, my striking's there, and I just want to be the most complete fighter. So I just level up a few things and then look back and, and level that up. And it's just like, you know, there's like four aspects of fighting. I mean, it's striking, uh, jiu-jitsu, and then like uh, wrestling, but then there's the bridging it all together. You know, mm -hmm. you gotta, you, that's what makes a good martial artist. Some people just train this style, this style, this style, but can you mix it all up? Like some of the greatest, like George St. Pierre who can just, you know, if, if you want to strike, he takes you down. If you want to grapple, he keeps it standing. So, and that's the kind of approach I try to take because it makes them uncomfortable and exposes their weakness. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I used to like wrestling more, but now I'm, I, I, I like standing a lot. And I'm, like I said, I'm going back to just trying to blend it. Are you comfortable anywhere that the fight goes? Yeah, yeah. And most recently, I got really comfortable on my back, which is... Something that I used to just be like, I'm just going to get up. And now I've been starting on my back for like a year now in jiu-jitsu and throwing up arm bars and, and getting in good position. I still, it's not my favorite place to be. I don't like to be there, um, especially because I feel like I'm losing the fight there. But um, I'm comfortable everywhere now. And like I told Dana White, I'm a complete fighter. Wherever the fight goes, I'm going to be looking for the finish. And uh, that's why I'm king of contenders and I'm ready for the UFC. With that being said, as soon as you scored the knockout, did you know that you had the contract locked up? 
Um, or, or was there any little bit of, you know, like, hey, you know, I, I, I don't know if maybe they're going to give it my way? No, I was very confident. Very confident. Yeah, I was very relaxed and confident. And it's like I visioned it so many times in my head. And then coming off that performance and just, like, knocking that guy's mouthpiece out. And I think in the Contender Series, they kind of already know who they want. Mm-hmm. And being the LFA champ and having my record, I think they just wanted me to have a good fight. And coming up. So check the box. Check the box. And first-round knockout, that was icing on the cake, I felt. Oh, yeah. There was no question. Those yeah. bows are, yeah. bows are those nasty. Elbows. Yeah. yeah, keep those elbows sharp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's a, well. It was kind of cool because it was back to back weeks where uh, where Factory X had first round uh, had first round finishes with those elbows. Yeah, I know it was crazy. Like uh, Anthony, wham, that elbow on um, on Shogun, mm-hmm. and then. And then me, obviously, getting that elbow, and then Devontae the next week, boom, boom. And uh, I even think Macy, even though she wasn't part of our team yet, she she knocked her girl out with elbows, too. I'm pretty positive, correct. So, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely an elbow month, and, uh, yeah, it was great. And, and it's something we work on at Landau Performance of just, like, elbowing the, 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 the dummy and... Because obviously you can't elbow your partners in practice and sparring. So, okay. But we get a lot of just like the cardio base of just throwing, just kind of just uh, exploding with the elbows. And I think that helped me a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, just not even with Factory X, the uh, the entire share of athletes, of combat sports athletes that, that Landau trains, Landau Performance has walked through their doors. They've had a pretty solid run rate of conversions for victories this year. And, Unreal, you know, yeah. The like seventy percent or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's insane. To to say that basically every three out of four fights you're coming away with a win, that's that's pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, and with as many as they have too, because I believe that I saw I can't remember the exact outlet that it came through. But it was a statistic saying that right now the Denver area is the number six MMA market in the entire world. That's amazing. So it's crazy how much it's boomed and yeah. it's just kind of blossomed. Up well, there. and most of Landau's guys are, um, they are in the UFC or Bellator. So it's not like we're just fighting at the Grizzly Rose. I mean, these are the highest level and we're, we're winning and dominating. Right. So uh, it, it's it's amazing to see all my fellow Coloradans uh, just, just dominating. And it's kind of crazy because I brought this up before. It's like, we uh, team elevation. We kind of have like a, a like a unspoken truce with them because it seems like we we never beef with them and like they never beef with us and we we usually don't fight each other ever. And and, crazy. and, uh, and uh, like I just was thinking about that the other day and like we're super cool with them. We used to cross train. We don't really as much anymore, but um, yeah, we're, we're like we're just like representing Team Colorado and I love that because they just uh, they just brought on Alistair if I'm not mistaken. Or I can't remember if that was Easton, but nonetheless, I know Alistair's training up here in Denver yeah. now. You know, there's guys like Curtis Blades. I know TJ's here right now. There was just a video that he put up with him and Bang, like you know, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of pictures of him around. So, yeah. so it's it's crazy. The star power is real here in Denver. You have obviously you have Thug Rose, you have Justin Gaethje right down the way in Colorado Springs. There's Tisha. Tisha Tiny Tornado Torres, there's Raquel Pennington. Yeah. Benson Henderson comes from Colorado, but now is by way of uh, yeah. by way of Phoenix. Cowboy kind of came over here for a little bit, but 
he's uh, I think he's busy. <laughs> yeah, Cowboy's got a lot of things on his plate. Right? Yeah, he knows. He sure does. Who do, you, who do you think for that fight? You know that that's a that should be a war. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think if Cowboy trains, he, that's his fight all day. But if he's not focused and not training, yeah, you don't don't sleep on uh, on his opponent. Like, dude's dude's good, man, and and <laughs> and he's training at the gym where Cowboy grew up, so he knows better how to beat Cowboy than any of other his other opponents. So. Uh, I was excited when he was here, and uh, but he's just doing one thing after another. He's supposed to come back, but I don't think that's going to happen. And uh, so, I mean, I, I'm I'm rooting for Cowboy, you know. But I just hope he's training wherever he's at. Cowboy, if you hear this, man, train, bro. Get back in there. You know, I've always kind of felt because I'm a huge Cowboy fan that there's uh, that there is nights where you get Cowboy fighting, and there's nights where you get Donald fighting. If it's a night where you have Donald, that's that's your you know your Masvidal type of nights. That's there until the first go round. You know, not yeah. even like paying attention. Not even kind of what you're alluding to with some of that. Like you yeah. know, like not trained. You're going cave diving and you know this and that. Like, yeah. Like, and if Cowboy's on, man, he wins that fight all day. Like I hope the best for the dude, and I wish he'd come back and train for a month. But I think he's doing something with a movie, and uh, so. You know, it is what it is, and we'll, and that's up to Cowboy. I mean, he had a terrible um, outcome last time he fought in Denver, and I would think he would want to get that back for the fans. And I think, you know, it's towards the end of his career, so I would think he would want to, you know, rack off a few wins and hopefully win a world title. And But uh, that's on him, man. And, you know, that's it's hard, man. It's it's hard to be hungry when you're full. That's the truth. Did you happen to see the, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast that he did? Yeah, I did recently? see parts of it, yeah. The uh, him telling the story of the cave diving, like if if anybody out there is is listening and wants to hear something that is just going to basically grip your attention and compel you for about fifteen twenty minutes, look up Cowboy Cerrone. Tell I believe the title is tells intense story to Joe Rogan, but it's about how he went uh, cave diving down in Mexico, mm-hmm. and he basically got trapped in a yeah. cave underwater, and yeah, how he lost his group exactly just kicked up a bunch of mud. I was actually in Mexico, uh, really close to him the week after. That was right after the Contender Series fight. He was there the week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm really familiar with Mexico and I love going down there. And um, Yeah, I mean, you gotta be careful. And I mean, it's not like America, man. They're just like, sign this waiver and go for it, you know, and, and so. And, you know, he said that, uh, he, or I, I, to my knowledge, from everything that he said, he, he is a, like you know, a license and a contract. Yeah, yeah, he's, for a lot cert- of things. he's certified. You don't even need to be but down he, there. Uh, though. Just do a few pull courses, and they're like broke his own rule, or he broke like the unspoken divers rule, or whatever. That like if someone gets lost or turn around or whatever, like you don't go after him. Like someone has to come up. Yeah. And he basically said that the guy that he was with kind of got tangled, twisted, lost, whatever, and so he went back in after him, and that's how he ended up getting stuck was by breaking that rule. So it was just. The, the way that he tells that story just has you like sucked in and just yeah. like just on the edge of your seat like mm-hmm. listening for more like wasn't it wasn't at all what I was bargaining for when listening to it but I was like holy shit that was intense like yeah. 15 to 20 minutes just hearing him just go crazy with it mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure yo you mentioned you know hopefully someday that your story is uh, is put to you know is put to book then to put to uh, to the silver screen 
who would you want to play you? Like, if, if you were to say, just based off of the run of actors that are available right now, obviously, because you know, we can't say what's in the future, but yeah. from right now, who would you uh, want to play you? That's a tough one, man. I would, I would need to look at that. I mean, because, I, I mean, I believe it. I mean, it was close to already happening. I, my first LFA fight, when my story came out, I got flown out to California to, you know, picked up, taken to the stars of Avenue of the Stars to CAA, Creative Artist Agency, which is the no, number two talent agency in the world next to WME, who owns the UFC. And uh, they, I talked to Matt Del Piano, who was the agent for Al Pacino, and he made the movie Captain Phillips. I told him three hours, just telling my story. And, he was like, great, let's get him in the New York studio and we'll get him a ghostwriter and I'll start looking for producers and, you know, and then, you know, they had me, you know, they showed me the lights, and the, but then they wanted me to sign a contract that I couldn't really read over and, you know, fire my manager. And so it was a little shady. Um, so, and I, I didn't, I didn't like how it went down and, um, you know, nothing, I mean, it just wasn't the right fit at the right time, nothing bad on those guys. And. Uh, but it was cool to see my story had value to them and they were really excited to do it and um, So I believe it's just a matter of time and I think if I build my stock more I can get more out of it and not just sell it out for a couple hundred thousand and then you know I want to be part of it, you know and hold on to that as long as I can and um, As an actor, I wish I had like a young Leonardo. That would be that would be sick, That'd but, be pretty sick. Uh, Yeah uh, that's a rough one. I'll have to get back to you on that. I gotta think about that one. Put you on the spot a little bit for that one, but yeah, I started right. thinking as soon as you had said that, I, it, the wheels were kind of spinning in my head. Yeah, what's, well, what's if, the best follow? If you ever seen Leonardo when he did the beach, mm -hmm. you know, um, I think that in that time he would have been perfect for it because that's about the age I was, and right. he's already traveling in that one. He did a great job. So, and, and uh, but yeah. You couldn't have picked a better name if you're gonna name just throw a name out. Yeah, of yeah. Spot, I think he's know? getting a little past it where it wouldn't look as real because when I was 19 when I left, so we'd have to get someone young and up and comer. It's Hollywood, man. They got they got like 30 year olds playing high school kids, <laughs> so you know, they'll figure out some way how to make it. Yeah, work, you know? yeah, that's true. If I, uh, you know, if you were to say what is, uh, you know. Uh, a timeline or a goal by the time you want to be in title contention, you know, within the UFC, is there something that's on the radar that way, or where, um, where do you think with that, or is yeah. that just kind of so? I just turned build it up? I just turned thirty, and uh, think within three years I want to be fighting for a title or have it. Okay. By thirty-three. Okay. Yeah, by the end of thirty-three, that's my my goal. Um, it's pretty cool, man. I did my yearly goals at the beginning of this year. One was get in the UFC. One was share my testimony at the church, uh, and then another one was uh, fight in the UFC and get a 50G bonus. So I got two out of three, and uh, hopefully um, I'm, I'm campaigning for it. I would love to get on the November 10th Denver card. I have so many people that want to see me on that card. Um, I have one of my, one of my uh, mentors and um, kind of my silent sponsors that would love to sponsor like 40 to 60 young or uh, high school wrestling kids, teenagers, just to let them know that if uh, if they ever want to do something besides wrestling, you know, they can switch, make that switch to MMA, and just inspire them and buy them my uh, my fight kit so that they're all sporting my name and 
So, I mean, it would just be a great cause, and I would love to fight in front of my fans and just uh, put on a performance. And I plan on getting a performance of the night, my first fight, and just getting another huge knockout and, and, and getting that 50 Gs and kind of changing my life financially. And I would love to fight on that card. If not on that card, November 30th in Vegas or Argentina, I speak Spanish, hablo español, and I would love to go down there and fight. So I would just love to get a fight for this, the end of this year. And I know McManer is uh, really busy, and I know he's stressed out, and he's got a lot of people that need fights and on his plate. But, man, I'm a rising star, and I, I promise I'm going to put on the best show I can, and, and it's going to be an amazing uh a spectacular performance and uh, I'm really going to capture a lot of fans of my story and my performance and just the look and I got it all so I, uh, I really hope to get on that card and tweet it out if you're uh, if you're watching this and uh, yeah so I'm just praying that it happens and, and in God's timing it will so there's no doubt in my mind man that you're gonna you're gonna get to that point where you want to be with it you just you have a you have a, a sense of confidence about yourself and just the, the belief, the carrying, and the mental part of this game is huge. Yes. You know, it, it's a big part of it is, you know, as everybody out there is seeing with all of the stuff going around, right, Connor has just this aura of confidence that he just believes that he's that part. Mm -hmm. And he just, he follows it up. That's, yeah. that's the whole thing. And, and, and it's not that to say that he's the only unique one. There's guys that, that have been of the past, like your Chales of the world, who mm -hmm. they just they had a different confidence about them that made you believe that they belonged. Yeah, yeah. You have it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's, on, it's only a matter of time before you get the opportunity. And once you get the opportunity, it's going to be one of those situations that, that's hard to silence. You know, mm -hmm. it's like a thing of, well... After well, after the first one with Rashad, well, boom, you get Anthony on another card right away. Well, then he yeah. finishes another legend. Well, boom, we have to make sure that this guy is yeah. still out there because there is star power. Yeah, yeah, there, there is, is something special there. Exactly, and you know, and that's the thing. It's so many people want to be that next Connor. So many people want to be. For me, I want to be Ian Heinish, the Hurricane. I want to be uniquely myself, and I bring a different aspect than like a Conor McGregor or a Chael. And you know, but we all have this belief in us, and we carry this aura, and we bring this confidence, and you know, and we we capture people's attention and, and their and their hearts, and and you know, we get them emotionally involved in our stories, in our lives, and and I and I love doing that, and I love. Um, bringing people on board and and you know it's just a matter of time before I can step in that cage show who I am and you know it's like it's like a poetry of us fighting because that's that's who you really are when you fight and if you're scared I mean it will show in your fighting you can talk all you want you can you can portray whatever person you want on the mic and in, in, in media conferences but when you step in that cage and you hit a little adversity or you're just fighting uh, I mean, that's your true self. That's how that's how you speak with your actions. You know, that's how you walk the walk. And so I just I believe it's just a matter of time before I get there. And I just need I just need my shot. And I I'm slowly keep getting more and more shots. And um, I believe that um, I'm really close to just letting the world know who the hurricane is. And I'm excited to get out there and just perform. Who is number one on your list within your weight class? Um, to fight first? To, if you had to name your ideal matchup at middleweight. Uh, Whitaker. Whitaker? Let's okay. fight Whitaker. Let's get that belt. 
get the strap. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and I'm training with Court McGee, who beat Whitaker in a split decision, and uh, so I mean, he's kind of he's kind of giving me the rundown on uh, on how to beat him, kind of the formula. Um, can I just let me just say what up to this oh, guy? Yeah, real yeah, quick. yeah, you're good. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, I'm Ian. Ian, nice to meet you, man. You're all right, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, let me just uh, wrap up this interview, do this, okay. and we'll get rolling. All right, cool. All right, cool, man. He's, he's a Bronco. I'm trained. A Bronco? Yeah. Nice, who is it? Okay, Metalik Watson. Metalik. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they. He actually just got released in training camp, but yeah, it was with the Broncos. Metalik. Yeah, he's Metalik. like. I'm pretty sure he's from like England or something like that originally. Oh, okay. But Metalik. yeah, Metalik. Metalik. Yep. Okay. But yeah, so uh, so just to kind of tie tie some things up here for you, I know that you've uh, you've got got a session to uh, to get to here in yeah. a second there, Ian. What would you say if we haven't covered anything that you absolutely want to get out there to the people, to the fans, to potential matchmakers out there? What is something that we might not have covered or talked about that yeah. you want to get out there? Um, yeah, I mean, just just stay tuned. Um, I'm in here working every day just because I'm not like posting so, so much on social media. I promise I'm giving my heart and soul to this, and this is my destiny. This is my plan. I have. God has pulled me out of so many situations where I could have lost my life and I have just been through so much and um, all the adversity and everything, I love it, I embrace it because it's made me the man who I am today and I want to just inspire you that if you're hitting or rock bottom or you're dealing with stuff that there is always a chance and if anyone wants to reach out to me or uh, just pick my brain a little bit, um, reach out to me on Ian Heinish MMA, that's my Instagram and Twitter. Ian the Hurricane will pop up on Facebook because my last name is hard to spell, but it's Ian the Hurricane Heinish. And just reach out to me, man, and, and you know, let's let's all rally together and campaign for me to get on this Denver card. I got probably a few more weeks before they're just going to be full and it's not going to be an opportunity, have an opportunity for me, but, you know, I want to get out there. I'm super ready to fight. I could fight next week. I've been training so hard, and I've been putting everything I got into this guy's in and outside the cage. And so um, just thank you for all the people that support me and follow me and that have been on this journey and have helped me out. And uh, thank you, Jordan, for having me on. Um, thank you very much for taking the Peanut Gallery. And, and uh, yeah, if you guys uh, are new to this, follow these guys. Uh, he's doing great things. He's interviewing great fighters and, and just kind of giving a different perspective to the fight game and letting fighters tell their stories and, and, and he's helping promote guys and, and, and we need that and that's just like a blessing that he's helping us out like that and um, so follow this guy follow me and stay tuned and, and fight announcements coming soon I'm super optimistic and Mick Maynard uh, let's go man I'm, I'm ready and, and thank you for all the opportunity you've already given me to fight on Contender Series and, and uh, I won't disappoint so let's do it Everybody, make sure that you give Ian a follow. You know, it's definitely like like we've said many a times. This is a this is a star on the rise. He is gonna be someone that everybody will know about very shortly. So hop on the hop on that train as soon as possible. That way, you could be that person that says, "Hey, I was following that dude since he came on the roster." Right yes, there. sir. Just a quick couple of shout outs as we throw this guy out here today. 
I want to throw a quick shout out to the Turp House who uh, who has done a lot for me on the uh, on the personal recovery side of things with just trying to uh, trying to get my health in check. You know they've uh, they've done yeah. a lot of good stuff for me there. Also want to throw a shout out to Beyond Bridges. They uh, they have just came out with their new uh, new EP and as well as Lion League Music. So thank you guys for everything that you've done for the comments from the Peanut Gallery Project and all of your support there. On the outro, we'll be playing Adios. Have a great day, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Thank you. Dinner place with Judas niggas claiming family, I don't sacrifice. Grip a 40, sip a 40 for them gutter pains. Keep a release on a mobile for them show me nice. I ain't living right, long let it gang. Maximize capital, finite physical. Fuck metaphorical, my whole life digital Dash for that play, now I'm playing, I never play though And chords get stringy when you tied, line the case up eh? Need me on me, ho, that's what they say when I free flow Might wet that sweet spot, that's let's love me flowing From no M state, still screaming BMO My time is my time, homie, I speed slow No eyes, strong ties, fuck a Rico Give thanks, drive slow and stack pace up eh? Kiss your minds out through my little vessel, yeah. Lay low and stay cool, the shit's stressful, boy. That's why I stay high. Look, there they go, macadamia and don't know a brainy in a match of cranium. So we roll up on you like Damien and that Mercedes Benz. Got weed and drink with some lady friends who got the latest shit, but they fans and shit. So I ain't hit. Damn, here go the base again. Renovate your place again. We on the Vegas strip, rocking straight out that bodega shit. You know we so legit with no limit, like I'm soldier slim. But I'm more like Kim C. Pinkies up, feel me? Got my soldiers with me and my youngest down the ride. Got some bread up in the hills, got some sauce up on the side. I got Tino in here working like a nigga working nice Said your girl just ain't this type She just trying to catch a ride And she with it And she so committed Damn your boy is fresh to death And you ain't even sent it We cut from a different cloth And you can check my linens Cause I was trying to stand out When you was trying to fit in Adios